Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Podcast like it. Podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a bridefield church here in 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybar. I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is my cousin, Toby Herman. Great to have you back, Toby. (laughs) We're not quite related, but I understand why you would want people to believe that. Yes. (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Second cousin. Who knows? Um... Yeah. Great to have you. It's so nice to see you guys. Yeah. It's- I'm thrilled to have you here. I wish this movie was better. Toby came on for Walking Walk on the Moon, which was a great movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you haven't done anything bad yet? Uh, in life or? Uh, well, <laughs> on, the, the on this mic. But on the pod. Yeah. <sighs> Correct. This is the first subpar piece of entertainment. This is the but first bad thing you've done in your life. I have to say, <laughs> yes. First of all, hi, yeah. mom. And second of all, I have more to say about this movie than the other two combined. And Lord knows I was not lacking like words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this movie definitely um, sparked a lot of outrage as I was watching it. Like just more, more than anything, I was just, I was angry that it was made. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's, it's definitely a, 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 a symptom of its time or a relic of its time in terms of, of romantic comedies of this ilk. Um, I also just felt bad for the cast because short of Chris O'Donnell, who I don't feel kind of one way or the other about, this is a pretty solid cast of, of really of like veterans. There are four legends in this film. There's like legends in this film. And and Renee Zellweger, who 
doesn't deserve to be in this movie. And no. is, and I only this, want good things for her at this time. Cause I looked up her filmography, obviously. And you know, she does Jerry mm-hmm. Maguire, which is obviously a huge movie, but she doesn't really transition to being Renee Zellweger for a handful of years. When was Bridget Jones? No, 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 no. Bridget so, Jones is 2001. Empire Records is 95. Jerry oh, Maguire is 96. One True Thing is 98. Bachelor is 99. Nurse Betty is 2000. And Bridget Jones is 2001. So, but my, my, my point, and, and I'm, not, I'm not denigrating any of those movies for the most part. Um, I, I, Empire Records, she's... Yes, I know that everybody loves Empire Records. I, I like Empire Records fine. She's not in it very much, but she's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one true thing. She she's, might be the best part of it. She might be Sugar the best. Sugar is so good. It's so good. It's so good. You guys are amazing. Um, one true thing is is an ensemble, again. My point is that mm-hmm. she doesn't get – she that Jerry Maguire, for all intents and purposes, is kind of a, a little bit of a two-hander. Th- that relationship, she's, she's a co-lead in that movie. And she doesn't become a lead – until and I would I don't know that even Nurse Betty is necessarily a lead, so it's really not until Bridget Jones that a movie is put on her shoulders. Nurse Betty's a lead. Nurse Betty, but, she, but it wasn't seen to the same. degree. I'm saying she, that like she's she, trying to get there, she and won this the Golden is Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy for Nurse Betty. Like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that. That's one to fine. Me. I'm I'm speaking more to how this movie comes to be is they want you to be the lead in this movie, and she's like, okay, I'll be the lead in this movie, and this movie's terrible. And she sh- and 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 again, like I under I guess my point is at this point in her career, I understand why she does this movie, and it's a bummer that she well, had to do this movie. <laughs> on paper, I would have signed up too sure. with this cast and putting me as the lead, and you or know did what you I read mean. The script, or are you just saying that your name? Is, did you just look at a yeah, script on papers too? You know? I, I read the treatment. <laughs> um, I love Renee. Me too. Yeah. Love, love. Sure, love she's Renee. great. Couldn't be happier with the Renee Renaissance, Renee sure. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thrilled this year up at every award show. Yeah. This isn't the Renee I want. No. This no, not, but this no. Is, this is just, this character's terrible. There's no – it's the most thankless character. Oh, it's awful. And, and there's just not much to do with it no matter who it is. Yeah. But like she seems uniquely wasted in this role. She is absolutely wasted. I don't think she's bad. I think the part is bad. Yeah. I agree with that. I think she does everything she can with this totally. part. I'm not, I'm not blaming Renee. I mean, I'm other than just so that's clear. Yeah, but like, there's something that she brings that I'm sure they wanted because you, you know, the 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 particular energy that Renee Zellweger brings that kind of like wounded stoicism, adorableness. Mm -hmm. Sure, um, that only she has. Yeah, I get, but not right for this role. And actually, like what I just described, I think like the Renee thing is too powerful to be contained. In the role of the girlfriend. Well, the problem was when glimpses of that Renee came out, it felt uneven Mm -hmm. because that's who she is. And it was inconsistent with the part and the full performance because it didn't give her the opportunity to actually just be herself. There's also – I mean this isn't even really – she doesn't do anything in this movie. Like when you actually think about this character, she's spoken of rather than seen for the most part. Um, Things happen to her. Right. Or, or she's this off camera thing that is not even really driving Jimmy. Like it's, it's very strange. He, he, like he, he proposes her at the beginning. She basically takes off on him and then she's on this like wanderlust thing, sort of, but not really that we periodically check in on, but has no 
actual cause and effect on the story mm-hmm. other than the fact that you know that ultimately he's going to end up with her. So it's it's she's a byproduct of concept as opposed to actually like propelling any story uh herself. I can see that. Which is which is sort of I mean again just bad writing but uh, I'm going to read a synopsis of the of the Bachelor for uh, for the people who have not seen it. Can I go in the hall and you can get me when you're done? <laughs> I don't like. I'm so over this. Jimmy, played by Chris O'Donnell, and Anne, played by Renee Zellweger, are in a committed relationship, but the pressure is mounting on Jimmy to propose. Rather than lose Anne, Jimmy decides to ask for a hand in marriage, but when he delivers a lackluster speech to her, Anne turns him down. Jimmy soon finds himself finds out that one day. Sorry, finds out that he has one day to find a woman and marry her. Otherwise, he will lose out on his hefty inheritance. What ensues is a crazed search through Jimmy's past to find a suitable bride. The Bachelor was released on November 5th, 1999 with uh, $7.4 million in third place to The Bone Collector and The House on Haunted Hill. Uh, It would go on to make $36 million on a $21 million budget. I can't believe this movie was profitable. Uh, Bachelor has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 28 from audiences. Yeah, but there are like sixty reviews. Like, there's yet yeah, barely any reviews. Yeah, yeah I try, Ebert didn't review this movie. We don't. No one see, really reviewed this movie. So. We don't see a lot of movies that are that hated by audiences. Uh, accurate. I I think that this movie. Um, I, I I tweeted a little bit about watching it as uh, as Toby uh, saw yesterday. A uh, handful of people kind of came out of the woodwork saying how much they fucking hated this movie. I was surprised. Like the mere mention of this movie. So people get upset. One thing that I want to bring up. Yeah. That I'm not 100% sure if it's like common knowledge. This is based on a play that was then turned into a Buster Keaton film. Yes. And I watched the Buster Keaton film. Oh, wow. wow. Seven am, Chances? Yes. And it's the, better than this, I assume. Oh, 100%. <laughs> there are some, like, you know, uh, a couple like cringeworthy, like, oh, it was 1925. That was okay then. Right, right. But. Other than that, right? Um, Other than oh, it's 1999. Yeah. I guess that yeah. was okay then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, all of the big set pieces in The Bachelor come directly from the Buster Keaton film, huh. and the comedy and the performance, and just his kind of like tone. Like he, James or Jimmy, like in that movie, comes across as someone who's like, oh God, I have this problem I have to solve. He's not a dick. He's not he's not like the like helpless idiot that Jimmy Shannon is in the 99 version. And so it's like a little bit sweeter and it was really interesting watching that first and then revisiting The Bachelor which I saw in theaters. Um Really? Uh, have we met? Yeah, of course. Um <laughs> So it was really it, it was really interesting like back to back watching them. Um because it just made the bachelor feel even that much worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that what sort of um I'm trying to think of the best way to articulate this, but ultimately, I think I found Jimmy to be he is hapless, I guess, but conceptually, you're watching a man who is commitment phobic, all of that Mustang stallion horseshit. Oh my god! About very men, bad, very bad. Men being uh, bouquets being lassoed and and and. Could you imagine someone making a movie with that being the central conflict? That today? guys, can I just read the opening VO? <laughs> please, please. I love that you wrote it down. Oh my god! Um, in his head, every man is a wild, untamed Mustang. Now that may sound pretty stupid. It may even be pretty stupid, but it's true. 
more or less. Like, I mean, it can't even commit to itself. It's it's yeah. like it's it's wishy washy. It's like breaking up with itself halfway through the opening VO, <laughs> which is I think when I broke up with it. But I think yeah. Yeah. just to the point of of, of the content of that. Yeah. Um. Today, if you had a character deliver that villain, yeah, villain, yeah. But up until about ten years ago, that was the the stance of almost every male romantic lead. Period. At least they didn't articulate it. I it was like more thematic. Lot, I feel like you got it a lot. This like, was just so heavy handed. Yeah, this is yeah. La- this is this is beyond lazy. Um, I do feel like we've had many many male characters in rom coms have. Artie Lang's horseshit at the top of the movie about how like I need I can't be caged in and she's talking about the future and she used the future word you know what the F word like give me a fucking break and then that moment where she says future on the roller coaster that is not on a roller coaster was amazing it was the worst one there's a lot of bad CG in this movie Mm -hmm. especially like them on that fire escape at the end in front of the ocean of of, uh, brides Terrible. Although another terrible one was uh, the girls on the porch. Yes. Yes. It was crazy. That was, it looked like our town in middle school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go to the Disney ranch, guys. It was amazing. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> also, like this movie, they had like $21 million. Like I, I don't quite understand why they couldn't. But so the, I, I guess my question, and, and this is sort of comes back to the Jimmy character, is that you've got him – in the beginning, he doesn't. He's commitment phobic, and he doesn't want to propose. And he proposes, even though he doesn't want to. And she mm-hmm. leaves that on him. And and that in and of itself is sort of. I mean, at least it's a somewhat believable circumstance. Even if I thought that that scene was horrible. I do need to talk about the Starlight well, Room, so we can yeah, go yeah, back to it. We'll talk about it. the Starlight Room for sure. Uh, yeah, the 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 shitter get off the pot. Whatever. Oh yeah. Um, putting that aside. Once the movie's concept kicks in and we have the truly moronic parameters that this grandfather puts on this will, which, as Kenny and I discussed in Love Stinks, what is insulting to me is that I'm supposed to buy this. Like, there are buy-ins and then there's the parameters with which he's telling his grandson he needs to live, which is just absurd. Um, so So now you've got him chasing money. I don't like him anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's just him chasing an inheritance and insulting one woman after another to get this inheritance. How am I supposed to like this person? No, that's not fair. It's, but that's what it is. No, he's chasing it. They, they, he's trying to save his business. Yes, they 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 they, they try to make the business. I, I okay. I don't. I, I don't think this is. A, I don't think this is a feature. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a bug. How hard they work to make this palatable. There's a lot of gymnastics, but. It's there. Like it's obvious that he's that, that he's uncomfortable with the idea of doing it for the money, but he has to do it when the business okay. and all his friends and all their jobs come into play as well. Okay. And the legacy. Again, like it's sweaty. The whole movie's sweaty. The character is so confused and yeah. confusing. Yes, yes, yes. That it bothers me. But like I I guess to its credit, like it didn't go <laughs> it didn't go down. I would have preferred if he was just going for it for money. Like I just, I just fuck it. Like this is so Right. It's it's so try hard. It's so it's such a boring thing. Um if he was going for money then I you you, you go full villain at that point and then he learns the error of his ways and he gives up the money. Or right. if he called out the situation was like this is fucking ridiculous. I am miserable, but I don't have a choice because yeah. these 100 people are going to lose their jobs if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. If he just acknowledged it's, the it's situation the a direction. little bit yes, mi- yes, yes, more. Yes. He was just like way down the middle and that is yeah. exactly who I think Chris O'Donnell 
is. And <laughs> he's the thing is, Producer I like of this movie. I like, oh, God bless. I like Chris <laughs> O'Donnell. He is not this guy. He's just not this guy. He is who like is poster child of the boy you bring home. He's not the dick who has a really like one inch deep box, like the shallowest box of, of ex-girlfriend. Like he's not the dick who has the one inch. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. I was going back uh, back talking the about photos. the ex-girlfriend box. Yeah. Um, no, that's not who he is. He just – he was miscast. Sweet guy. He was just yeah. like, I don't buy it. He's the sweet guy from fucking Hua. Son of a woman. Can we talk about Chris O'Donnell for just a quick second here? Because yeah. I do think that I'm I'm a little curious as to like why he didn't happen a little bit, but I guess this movie is is maybe the prime example of it. Like there's not a, a ton of range for Chris O'Donnell. Like he's in Son of a Woman, which is which, which was the first time I noticed him. I don't know if it was his first movie, it was the first time I noticed him. He's also in um school ties, which I think was the oh, was he in Fried Green Tomatoes and mm-hmm. Men Don't Leave. Those were like the four okay. so but like it was like one after another up to Son of a Woman. And which, you which thought he was a big deal. And then he's Robin, which is sort of the big which are, a which, little later, ninety five. Which is in ninety five. Right. And Mad Love, which I which with Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore. So he does those two Three things. Musketeers. Three Musketeers, which is he is he the lead in that? Or he's one third. He's one of he's, one of the musketeers. I mean, he has a- <laughs> you know what I mean. I just wasn't sure if he was one. If he was because there's three musketeers and then there's the the fourth guy, and I couldn't remember if he was the fourth guy. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then he kind of doesn't really do very much. Like he's sort of he. It kind of gets away from him, and now he's just super rich off of NCS Los Angeles. Yeah. And but- he was good on Grey's Anatomy. I was just going to say that's the thing I remember him. That was the moment when I. When America, I'm assuming, got reacquainted with him. Dr. Finn Dandridge. F- Finn Dandridge. Isn't that amazing? I figured it out. Okay. The veterinarian. He is the boyfriend. Uh-huh. And Renee is the lead. And that's why this is so miscast. That's interesting. He is supposed – as a grown-up. Yeah. Now, he has gone into this like crew cut, muscles, you know, hanging out with LL Cool J situation <laughs> that – is what he is, and that's yes, great. Sure. Make your money. Sure. And it's kind of impressive that, like, he Ricky Schroeder that whole thing. Yeah. That being said, up until this point, like, he played best as, like, the cute uh, – to your point, the cute boyfriend. He and Renee th- is interesting enough to carry movies on her own. He thrives as – and Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Something has to come yes. first. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, – yeah. Part and, – and I really like your pitch of that it's – Renee's movie. I would have like, not I this wa- movie. No, no, no. I, like know, I know a movie yeah. where it's Renee trying to figure her shit out, or even just and like Chris a, a, is the nice boyfriend on the side, but she's over here trying to figure out how to make this money. That makes more sense to me because she's funny and interesting and quirky and weird. Yeah, like I mean, there's a movie which where where there's like legitimate co leads here, and 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 both characters are substantive in their own way. Without the conceit of the of the nonsense of the inheritance and all that, just the idea of two people that he proposes, she it's clear that that he's not into it. They both go their separate ways and then they come back at the end. That in and of itself is fine in terms of as a framework of something that I could have got on board with. Right. But she doesn't have any agency. She doesn't really do anything, and he's dragged on this this wild goose chase, which is just unfortunate. Dragged. It feels that way. Dragged by Artie Lang and and. Oh my God. Ed Asner, Hal Holbrook. Holbrook. Holbrook, and James Cromwell, who James doesn't Cromwell. speak for forty-five James minutes. James Cromwell, who's just in the car waiting to. Oh my God, it's he, amazing. He's the priest who's just waiting it's, to marry. But so I want to go back for a yes, second. Um, a woman realizing that she's in a dead end relationship with like a man child who can't deal sure. with commitment. 
the breakup that they have when he pr- proposes like an asshole, um, it's basically the same scene as when um, Dorothy and Jerry break up in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. But it's balanced there. Yes, yes. And they both have agency there and there's actually a bigger lesson learned there. So it works. It, yeah, I mean – I mean, in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. So I have a – I want to talk Starlight Room. Oh, my God. I I have a – I guess a hot take or a contrary thought. I thought that it was extremely well distilled into you win. I think I'd never heard that notion presented the way it was presented Um. And I thought Chris O'Donnell did a really good job thinking that he was saying something that she would like and not hearing himself. Shit or get off the pot is absurd. Don't get me wrong. Shit or get off the pot is absurd and like you should kill yourself if you say that. But you win is really – there's something kind of like beautifully uh, clueless about that. So – I think Toby has a recording. No, I, I it's it's a meme, but um, <laughs> I buy that moment for all the reasons you're saying. But it's Mr. Darcy. It's Mr. Darcy saying, "I fought against my judgment, my family's expectations, the inferiority of your birth, my rank. I will put them aside and ask you to end my agony." You know, explaining that he mm-hmm. like I tried. Like this is re- I shouldn't love you. This is really right. bad, but I can't help it. So marry me. That's basically what he's, yeah. he's his whole proposal is about sacrifices mm. and how like he's kind of surrendering and it you win, which is exactly what Darcy does. Yeah, that's true. And I just thought that was so interesting because that I did I do not think that moment rang false, like you're saying. I, I bought that actual moment. I had bigger issues with that scene itself. The first of which being the fact there's like this moment in the beginning. So the Starlight Room is where everybody goes to propose. You don't go to the Starlight Room. I have no idea. Okay. I just just thought maybe it was – I mean sure. Yes. Yes, Phil. It's real. No, no. I just didn't know. Did this movie take place This is a documentary. (laughs) I believe it took place in Chicago. No, it took place in San San Francisco. Francisco. Sorry, San Francisco. All right. I just – I don't know. I thought maybe it was a famous place. No. I mean I think think it harkens back to – It it may have been called – May as well have been called the proposal room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's what I assumed. But... Yeah. So um, the thing that killed me was that, you know, they think they're being cute. They open on this line. They have Jimmy and this line of like a dozen yes. Yes. sweaty, shaky, nervous men who are like clearly don't want to propose but are about to propose to their girlfriends. They're like 10, 12 of them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not one of those fuckers brought his date. They're all standing there waiting for the girls to show up. Yeah. So they're all That's about weird. It's weird. They wait for the elevator and all the women show up. And so it's like, oh, I'm gonna propose to my girlfriend. Will you meet me at the Starlight Room? Is that cool? <laughs> like I mean, add it to the list of things in this movie that are that feel just archaic. Well, I mean it feels like a really old man wrote well, that I think that was the truth. But yes. like there were and I hate saying this because you guys are not bad boys um <laughs> there are bad boys okay. what you gonna do um <laughs> what are you gonna do we hate the bad boys too yeah, i know no i know um but i cannot begin to tell you how many times in my notes i in all caps in my notes i just wrote things like no woman thinks like that or nope dumb nope uh-uh no woman would say that mm-hmm. like i cannot begin to tell you and that was one of them where it was like oh you want to go to the starlight room and you can't pick my ass up 
no, I'm not marrying you yeah. if I have to meet you everywhere. I mean, I would also, I would also say that the majority, if not basically all of the women that he attempts to marry along the way are also terrible stereotypes in and of themselves. Oh my of God. Just, I mean, the Brooke Shields thing was just, I don't even understand what was happening. Oh, Jennifer Esposito was the worst. She wasn't she bad was in the role, but it was just like, so he's got the, the tough, the tough kid. And then Sarah Silverman, unfortunately being like the feminist. Oh, I want to talk about that. <laughs> She was fine, but she. But also, like, also a whole other story. I really want to get to the Brooke Shields of it because I have no idea what was happening. <laughs> so wait, do we want to do Brooke or Sarah first? We can do Brooke first. Okay, and then we'll come back to Sarah. what was happening in that scene. Well, it felt like the thing that that, like that she, kind of galled me about it was that the whole scene is shining a giant light on how stupid the circumstances, like of of the the parameters yeah. are. Where I was like, why did you do this? Why are you shining a bright light on how? dumb the concept of this movie is like she's she's she just didn't know all the details so she it was coming out sort of like incrementally i mean the bottom line is she can be bought that's what it comes down to her family needed money kid well so she signed on when she thought it was just like oh we have to be married for x amount of time you live here i'll live there see in 10 years and i get half and then as it came up like oh you can only spend one night apart a month which is ridiculous (sighs) and oh you have to have two kids within five years like all of that and she just you know, got to the point where she was like, this is not what I signed up for. And Doesn't she lost see. it. And then fucking Artie Lang, yeah. as she's like busting out of there, driving away, he screams, you can have an epidural. Like, uh, like, but, yeah. like what, what? Like that's supposed to convince her to stay well, and have kids. It's Artie Lang. <laughs> I mean, it, it is Artie Lang. It's like, I, well, he didn't write it. <laughs> no, it's Artie Lang. It's Artie Lang's character delivering it. So I, know, I but, it's, so, but, but that line is ridiculous. It's not a funny joke. It's not. It would, it's be, not a, it would be ridiculous coming from a woman, but the the idea. I'm not defending the line, but the idea, of course, the idea. I think you are. The idea, of course, is that he doesn't understand why she's. What? No, 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 absolutely. It was just like I want those three seconds back. Like that was I just want that a waste whole of scene time. Back. I, I think the whole movie thing, back. I think the whole scene doesn't make any sense to me. He found her. She can be bought. She needs money. Yeah. But like, I, I'm. I found it hard to believe that there was any bridge too far short of like imprisonment. Um, for this character, but so I hated that. It was also kind of funny that Brooke Shields was in the movie, and they also named. Oh my god, there were a lot of really random pop culture references that were like attempts. Mm -hmm. So, like at the end, you know, there's this bride who holds up a A framed diploma diploma from Princeton, and she goes, "Same college as Brooke Shields." And then, so weird. When the whole setup. What universe does this take place in? Well, the universe where Brewster's Millions exists, because <laughs> in the beginning, when they're like, yeah. "Oh, you have to do A, B, and C to get uh, this money," Hal Holbrook is like, "Wait, is what's is this Brewster's Millions?" <laughs> and I actually laughed out loud at that, and I was just like, and then I went and looked to see if he had a financial stake in, Bru- in Brewster's Millions, because I'm like, why are they bringing this up? But he does not. That would have been great if he did. Though. I know, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the Brooke Shields thing. She can be bought fine, I guess. I mean, and Brooke Shields does, I guess, a good job with it under the circumstances. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, she was fine. She was kind of funny. She's playing the same character she played on Jane the Virgin, and wasn't she on Ugly Betty? And she, she might have been. I, didn't, I, I, I think. I think the last time I remember Brooke Shields was Friends. She had this weird moment. Well, she was suddenly Susan, right? So she yes. was she was on Friends with the person who thought Dr. Drake Memorial was real mm-hmm. and she was tremendous. She sent him her eyelashes. And then she got, oh and then she got Susan, suddenly Susan off that yeah. back yeah. when like you could do a friend's, yeah. you know, she was in the Super Bowl episode. Wasn't that the Super Bowl? Maybe. Episode? I'm pretty know. sure it was. But you, she had an arc. Yeah. 
But you you could do a Friends episode as a recurring and that could kind of be a backdoor pilot for your show. own show, which is like what happened to her. <laughs> and that one, that show went on for like three or four yeah. years. Like she had this like – this this comeback moment, mm-hmm. right? That lasted quite a while. Um, on top of that, she had the – she went to Princeton thing. The, the you know She's a genius. She's a child star. She's uh, beautiful. Yeah. I mean suddenly Susan. But she was not – she was not on Ugly Betty. I lied. Oh, okay. I don't know who I'm Stop thinking Stop lying of. to our audience. Vanessa Williams. No, 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 no. I, I know who Vanessa Williams is. <laughs> Can I just say, I just, I, it, I, not to go down a suddenly Susan rabbit hole, because I mean, who needs that? But I, I did look it up on Wikipedia. There are no less than one, two, three, four, five, six credits on the pilot. Writing credits? R- writing credits on the pilot. I would love to compare it to Veronica's Closet. That Do one has like 20. One. Oh my who, God. Who are the six? Gary Dodzing, Steve Peterman, Billy Van Zant, Jane Milmore, and Clyde Phillips. Story by Clyde Phillips. Those are all my favorite writers. Are they? Yes, I love them all, especially Clyde. Um, the the none of which, by the way, are on the staff. Wow. <laughs> First, I can tell. I, I mean, if you wrote that, would you show up the next day? No. <laughs> Suddenly, Susan wasn't that bad. I would no. even Veronica's Closet though. Now, but. Veronica's Closet was worse, but also not that bad. Veronica's Closet, I remember – these are like classic must-see TV in between – Like Caroline in the City type. Television yeah. shows. Um, Veronica's Closet went on for 66 episodes. That's David Crane and Marta Kaufman wrote that pilot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there you go. Um, anyway, yes. So we're done talking about Buckley. Who oh, that was her name. Buckley. Buckley? Yes. Buckley? yes. Um, Sounds like the name for like a, a beagle. Yep. Or a horse. That's a dog yeah. name. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So an animal name. Oh my god. So one of the other um exes first I don't buy that any of these people ever dated him. Um the only one that I bought was Mariah Carey, who oh, in her yeah, in her first role, um where she says, oh, I recall god. you look good with your shirt off, but then again, so do I. Oh, what a great line. A line. Yeah. And she And she it. But she even says she's like all I remember is we slept together a couple yeah. of times. And I was like, that I buy, that's his MO. Yeah. And yep. Yep, yeah. 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 Um, but she, she's pretty funny. When she was in that opera and she died, quotes, um, quotes. she fell to the ground so alarmingly. <laughs> like, yeah. it was yeah. such a hard fall yep. that, like, I. I like really wondered if like she had died and nobody told us. Like, I mean, it was, she she, had some damage. She went for it. Mariah Carey randomly being in this movie with that line being her line. Great 99 moment. Oh, fantastic. Probably got her glitter off that one thing. Do you think so? No. I don't know how she got I'm on a comedy podcast. I'm making comedy jokes. Oh shit. We're supposed to be funny. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't, I mean, um, what I really want to do is talk about Carolyn, the student, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman, yeah, please, yeah, let's do it. Uh, she, first of all, like, I just, I do wonder how Sarah Silverman didn't become a bigger thing. Because mm-hmm. she's great. I think it was probably her resisting. I think it was probably being offered shit like this after she did it once. Sarah Silverman not becoming a bigger thing? And being like, no. It's but she was, she was never going to be a sitcom star. It's a huge thing. Sarah Silverman? I mean, in the sense She's of a name brand. Now, I'm, I'm talking about like, why did she never become a, a, movie, a movie star? star? I don't know that she wanted to. That's not who she is. That's possible. I don't know. I just think she's, she's one of the biggest stand-ups of the last twenty years. Nobody's questioning sure, that. I'm not questioning that. I'm talking about like the 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 success outside of that. Like, it, I would agree with you. I think like she's she's 
obviously been grappling with some stuff over the years. And, and so I'm not taking anything away from that. It's just when it comes to her movie career, it's sporadic and it feels like a, you know, a, a string of supporting roles when I felt like she could have been something, which would have been interesting. I think pers- – I mean really this is not a – this is not your. This is not our usual. Why didn't she become something? Situation. She, I'm she never she stopped. She never stopped being what she wanted to be. I, I think. think that's Toby's point, which is that she. I, I think that perhaps the offers came, and she mm-hmm. was like, "I don't want that path." Right. She so, she that, knew that, who she was from the start, and that's the, and, and and no judgment, and that's great. I I mean, just to be clear. I only say this because I love Sarah Silverman, and when I when she popped up in this, I was it was like a fucking breath of fresh air. It was mm-hmm. like you know a drop of water in the desert. Yeah. Um. So I was just like, oh, I mean, I don't know. It would have. I guess the 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 alternate universe where Sarah Silverman is somehow a romantic comedy lead is a world I kind of would have liked to have lived in. Is all I'm sort of getting at. I want Sarah Silverman. Real like I want Sarah, Sarah Silverman doing what Sarah Silverman does. Sure. The only way I think she really would have gone down this road is the Amy Schumer route where she writes her own shit. I, I right. see her as like Jenny Slate, obvious child, like actually making a yeah, statement yeah. with yeah. – Sure, it. writing writing her own shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her own shit never would have been train wreck, right? Yeah, it never yeah. would have been a typical rom-com. Right. Totally. Um, and I don't even know if it would have been obvious child. I think he, like she has, she has more than enough like mm-hmm. stuff out there that we know. Like I watched every episode of the Sarah Silverman program, which is brilliant. And it's just not her M.O. to go down this like kind of boring romantic comedy route. And, and by the way, like I, I'm not – yeah, I, I get that and that that's totally fair. I guess I just sort of – it was a moment in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad romantic comedy where this person popped up, which I was just like, huh, what would that type of person have been like in a romantic comedy? And just, you know, curiosity, we'll never know. But I, mean. but I will say, so she plays Carolyn, who's like the forever uh-huh. student. Yeah. We have to assume she's in like grad school or whatever. Um, and she, it was interesting. She fit this role. It, of all the roles, this was who she should have played. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes off on this whole feminist, you know, um, it's not even a rant. It's just a conversation yeah. and he can't deal. But um, – Or keep up. He, this is what she says. I bet you've never even considered the symbolism of a traditional wedding. He says, I was an econ major. And she says, well, then it's right up your alley because it's a ritualized property transfer. Daughter property becomes wife property. That is the same speech that Amy March gives Lori mm-hmm. in Little Women, mm-hmm. how marriage right. is an economic proposition. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I – Yeah. Yeah. She's not wrong. Yeah. And he just he just, it just looked kind of, at her. It goes through his brain. And he calls it feminist slash pseudo-psychological bullshit. You're lucky I kept watching. I mean, <laughs> like. Yeah. 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 What's weird is that, is that the writer sits down and writes legitimate dialogue for – I'm sorry. What was the character's name? Carolyn. For Carolyn. Um, and makes an, a valid point. And yet his hero, his main character, dismisses it out of hand and that's the person we're following, not the person who makes the legitimate Well, I think person. they thought they were doing like ridiculous, angry, spiteful, feminist woman. But makes a valid point. But it was yeah. actually he true. stumbled upon the truth. With, without realizing it, which <laughs> yeah. is exactly who Jimmy is. Yes. Yes. Well, it's interesting going off what you're saying <laughs> that they cribbed – they're cribbing from the right sources. They're cribbing from Pride sure. and Prejudice. They're cribbing from – Little Women. Little Women. Um, so that's, that's what it seems like more to me than I'm going to write a fully functional character. It seems like, 
let's go to some sources. Let's go to some some classic sources. I will say that Little Women's Speech, I can't swear that it was in the book. It may have been Greta who wrote it. Um, I think the essence was in the book. I was going to say. It's just interesting. You've got uh, Buster Keaton, Jane Austen, um, uh, Louisa May Alcott, and – this is and Bristol's millions, <laughs> and this is what fucking comes out on the other side of like and Hal Holbrook and James Asner and James Dick Cromwell, Ed Asner, and, yeah, sorry, Ed Asner, James Cromwell, and Peter Ustinov, yeah. and like I don't get what happened here. I also think that this was kind of conceived as a big movie. Oh, one hundred percent. They thought they were loading the deck. Yes. is that an expression? Yeah, sure. I don't know it that feels it, is. Like it is. Loading the deck, I think it is. Sure. I don't know, guys. I don't do sports. I mean, I, I what sports? Kenny does sports. As cards. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're loading the deck. Um, I'm looking up the director. There's something the, director the deck. Is it loading else? the deck? Stacking the deck. Stacking the deck. Stacking the yes. deck is a thing. That makes more sense. Yes, yeah, stacking the deck. That's from my favorite sport cards. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> my favorite sport cards. Uh, so this director did. A movie called Love Hurts the next year. Who's in Love Hurts? I'm looking it up right I'll now. I'll look it up. You keep going. Oh, no. There's really, it, I don't think it's not a movie. Um, I, he didn't really do anything. There was only one movie I had heard of. Bob the Butler? Yeah. You've, You've heard, heard of Bob the Butler? Oh, yeah. Tell me about Bob. Oh, wait. It's got Tom Green in it. Yeah. <laughs> and Brooke Shields. I don't know what that movie is, but sure. Uh, Bob the Butler. That's Just a movie. Just be glad it didn't come out in 99. Uh, and then a movie called United We Fall. Which apparently I don't know what that is, but I'm looking that up right now. It's a soccer movie about the Manchester. I don't know. He wrote and directed by by this person. But yeah, it 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 does feel like. And did this did this writer ever do anything else? Is the other question that I'm sort of wondering. Um, no, is the short answer. Oh really? I mean, nothing of note. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a couple writers on this thing too. Well, no, it, oh, it's so, all based, okay. on it's based on yeah the so, play yeah, and the original movie. Steve Cohen. Wrote on numbers for a couple years, and that was that. I bet he got a lot of mileage out of uh, his Bachelor story. He's like, you know, I wrote Bachelor in the room. He probably said it a lot. Chris O'Donnell was in The Bachelor. bachelor. Now I'm just depressed, this town. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I I think that um, from that point on, it's it's sort of, you know, it's – it's I don't know. You've got like and Mrs. Jimmy heads back to the city, tries to locate him. She calls Marco to arrange a dinner with Jimmy and then desperate Marco has earlier placed an ad in the paper for a bride with his picture. And then all hell breaks loose when hundreds, thousands of women yeah. in, in, in wedding gowns just converge on this church. There's a way to make that work. <laughs> Tell me. Please. It's not this. No. But there's there are so many elements of this, and I wrote this down a couple of times. Okay, take this. The scene where they quote-unquote meet, they're meet-cute, right? Mm-hmm. So they're sitting back-to-back in yeah. two booths in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. He's trying to break up with someone, and she is telling her sister about a breakup. Yeah. And he – they start this. having a conversation, kind well, of. No, he steals everything she's saying about her breakup and uses it to, to break, break up oh, with the girl because okay, yeah, yeah. he's completely unoriginal from page one. And <laughs> then they kind of like notice each other, like you were saying, Kenny. And then he gets up for a sweet and low or something and turns around and and she goes, 
it was nice having lunch with you. Like, why is she whispering? Why is she whispering? Why is she whispering? Yeah, they mouth it to each it other. It was so They, like, mouth whisper. Weird. I don't know. But and that's, then he says, we should do it again sometime. Yeah, and then we go and learn about their relationship. But their me cute was so, like, Not cute. on cute. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Forget the, it was nice having lunch with you yeah. thing. There's a version of that where it's Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. Sure. In a screwball mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. That launch is an entire movie. Sure. Yeah. There is a version of that scene that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That wasn't it. But yeah. I mean, there are screwball yeah. elements that that's why I think it works a little bit better tonally in the Buster Keaton mm-hmm. one because it's a little bit broader, but it knows. In this, it's so haplessly unaware of itself yep. that it just it can't go anywhere. Yep. I mean, I, there, yeah, it, it's. We talked about this a little bit uh, on Love Stinks, Kenny, but I, I do think that um, this movie is really hindered by Chris O'Donnell. Um, I think that in the hands of somebody else. I was trying to figure out who would have been the guy because, like I said, I didn't think Chris O'Donnell was. Like, was it Ben Affleck? Well, we we talked about it on Love Stinks, and I actually wonder same guy. if it's the same guy. I yeah. think it's Matthew Perry. It's one guy could kind of pull this off. Like I think that that I could- well, that's Chandler, completely unaware but still mm-hmm. lovable. Same guy, helpless. Yeah, I, I buy that. I'm realizing because after Love Stinks and The Bachelor, that Matthew Berry actually had a lane that not a lot of people yes. they didn't have a into. very specific yeah. one. And we just saw two very different actors, correct? French Stewart and Chris O'Donnell <laughs> fail spectacularly. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's something that Matthew Perry would could have do done. in his sleep. The best you could do with it. Yeah. Like this is – just like Love Stinks, like there are no home runs to be had here. No. But you could maybe hit a double. But even, could... even like Fools Rush In, he's he's delightful in it. Well, we just – so we just recently released our episode on Three to Tango. But it mm-hmm. does make me sort of think about – like that movie is no good right. um, for a bunch of reasons. But it, it's, it, it does make you – he kind of got – I mean, we know we all know how it goes, which is, you know, they have a short hiatus. So on, on a show like Friends, you try to squeeze in a movie that you can in, in gaps in there and planets align and you take whatever can be shot at that time is sort of kind of. So that gives us of- the pallbearer for David Schwimmer, mm-hmm. but it also and gives Ed us. For, yes. For God bless. <laughs> but to say? <laughs> no, no, no. But it also gives us nine whole yards. Oh, oh the whole nine yards. Or that. And, and Scream. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Was Scream uh, during that time? No, no, no. I know, but that yeah. was during that yeah, time? Sure. Mm-hmm. Huh. I never thought about that. So, again, it's like – but again, like 
there's a part of me that feels like this movie, if it was Matthew Perry and Renee Zellweger, and I'm not convinced that those two have chemistry either. Like, there's a part of me that feels like Renee Zellweger's too good. He also needs a brunette. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, he I, does. I, I, yeah. So I'm. I'm just. There's a part of me that's like. You say so. There's a part of me that almost feels like – because we actually liked Nev Campbell in Three to Tango. If you cast this movie with Matthew Perry and Nev Campbell, maybe. Because they actually had some interesting chemistry in that movie. But long story Nev short, and Renee are a, v- a little similar though. Yeah. They are similar. Yes, they yeah. really are. They're like the blonde and brunette versions of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right, man. I think I, I think this movie mostly sucks. I think that they yeah. mostly sucks. Yeah. I think that there are – I think that there are some ambitious ideas here in terms of like subverting and kind of um, maybe going one and a half times with some romantic comedy tropes that I respected the swings that didn't connect. I don't know if they would have connected with Matthew Perry, but it's very interesting because very similar to Love Stinks, like Chris O'Donnell, it's kind of a too high barrier for He's Wonderbread. I mean, he's just – um, he can't be an asshole either. No, that's, that's well. That that thing. more than anything yeah. was my point before, which yeah. I obviously didn't make. Um, no, no, but- <laughs> the boy, no, you did. The boy you bring home, yeah, which was perfect. He's not a yeah. dick. He's not a dick. It's or not, if he's a dick face. once, he learns his lesson and then fixes it. Yeah, I mean, I would also, I also just want to rewind real quick to to our to the all the brides showing up at, at the church because sure. I have to say that as much as I detested the circumstances and what it was saying the visual power of thousands of brides was impressive on some level like Mm -hmm. when he's running through the streets and there are hundreds of of brides chasing him Mm -hmm. it is a arresting image it's understandable why they thought this is going to be a funny set piece. Well, it also worked really well for Buster Keaton. So, of course, right. when you think about this movie, that's the, movie. You, you, that's the moment. Right. Yeah. It, it, it made me think about our the other wedding movie of 99, which is The Runaway Bride. I think this is better than that movie. That's crazy. No, it's not. That's a terrible movie. I don't like The Runaway that Bride. Movie has, the Runaway Bride has like Star It's Gary Wars, Marshall, right? It's Gary. It's, it's I don't like The Runaway Bride, just to be very clear, but it's better than this. There's nothing good about The Runaway Bride. I think the, <laughs> I think this scene, like, I again, the circumstances are insane. They don't make sense. They're deeply misogynistic. They're it's it's a mess. That said, like, in the right hands for this particular character, right, right, right. that is his nightmare. Yeah, right. And I'm sure that's what it felt like for Bust in the Buster Keaton moment. And it that was his nightmare. A yeah. bunch of people in bride outfits shouting criteria at you. <laughs> Um, that was Niecy Nash, by the way. That was uh, Niecy, Niecy Nash. Niecy Nash was the, chant. Yeah. Niecy Nash the, was the only one I knew. Chant. Yeah. Criteria. Criteria. <laughs> Toby, Toby looks like fire cooking with um, eyes right now. It was – yeah. It was – It was. I mean I said <laughs> yes. the church scene has a uniquely nightmarish vibe. It's actually <laughs> insane and I'm not sure it's entirely bad. I, again, like I think we are saying the same thing in this circumstance. I think like, we are. Like I – when they are – Trying to bust through the doors. It's insane. It's like it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And and I I sort of respect that part of it mm-hmm. in the sense of it just being a living nightmare. They went for it. The, the funny thing is I could imagine being on set that day and seeing a thousand women in bridal gowns yeah. and thinking, 
we're making the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Well, because look it's at what a we've huge, done. Yeah. 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 yeah, Look at what we've accomplished. But, like I can imagine the producers oh high fiving. They're each like, other. "Here's the trailer." Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, the way that scene resolves is so Awful. infuriating because yeah. okay, they they deal with the actual yes. logistics of how do they get to, together through this massive, you know, this bridal the mob. The, the scene on the train is not good either. Oh, when he says, um, hold on. He says. We're uh, that she's on the train by herself. There's no one else in this train. Oh, I know. And it's not moving. It's great. Um, <laughs> she said, I spent, the, he said, I spent the whole night asking every woman in the world to marry me. Um, everyone but the one I wanted. I no s- fucking woman on earth would be like, oh, honey, you've changed. <laughs> no, of course. I still don't even understand why she went back to him. And then, like, But he does say one thing. The one, like kernel of truth that comes out of his mouth in the entire movie. It's very telling. I think he says, today I realized that the one thing that's really special about me is you. And so <laughs> which, I am that's the tagline. I'm awful. That's actually kind of how I feel. <laughs> I can I mean, relate to that. <laughs> I gave him credit for that, but I don't know. But again, like this movie stumbles upon stuff like that. Like, I don't think yeah, that. that it, yeah, it, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it's platitudes. They're writing these, like he writes, the writer wrote that just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah she'll want to hear this, but it's, it's, it's not romantic. I it's know. like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's crazy. It's, you know what I said about Aquaman? It's not the best movie, but it's the most movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorite reviews. Of Thank you. This is a lot of movie. Oh yeah. And it seems like, <laughs> It does have a bit, and it does have a bit of a broken clock is right twice a day quality yes. to it, where it does stumble upon these moments. Weirdly. Because the same guy who wrote Should It Get Off the Pot does not understand, to me, the depth and beauty of you win. <laughs> 100%. you can't write those things back to back and understand what you're doing. Well, because A doesn't well, bring you to B, but B is glorious. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he had like a. He had a weird end goal, which was the worst proposal ever, so it had to be the worst ever. But he, I think he probably had what he thought was a really clever line and whatever. So that's – so yes, the broken clock was right at midnight. But like for the other 359 degrees of that, he was wrong. Um, same with this. Same with this. It just does kind of seem like he, they've thrown so much against – so much spaghetti against the yeah. dishwasher. One piece stuck. It's it's crazy. The the It's very sort of um, – I also was thinking about the logistics of of uh, this all transpiring in one day. Mm-hmm. Not even half a day, I guess, really. A day and a half. Okay. Because um, the people wake up in the morning and get the newspaper. They'd okay, spend sure. all night chasing sure, everyone. Sure, fine. Um, the logistics of all this happening, the contrivances of getting her on that train, and mm-hmm. ha- all of it is – and again, maybe I'm just being too much of a stickler for this stuff. We, we've talked about this on the on, on this podcast in the past, but just buy-ins. You know what I mean? And that some movies just are asking too much of you. And I think that the buy-ins killed me on this. Outside of the fact that it's also misogynistic and, and that the characters aren't well drawn. But like I just kept coming back to just like plot logic. The buy-in is too it's just, it's just It was just fucking insane. The, the video will is just too much. Oh my God. What about the bullhorn where the grandfather is like, you have the sacred duty uh, as my like last descendant, you know, to like have kids. So my genetic material doesn't go away. And then he pulls out a bullhorn and just screams in his face, procreate. Like, and that was, that was the scene. That was like, 
That was a good idea, according to the people <laughs> yeah. who made this a thing. And this was not a blank check. A bunch of people oh. approved this. And the thing is, this there- also, I think this is uh, here's whose blank check it is. Chris O'Donnell's. Because Chris know. O'Donnell produced this movie. I think he's friends with this writer, if I'm not mistaken. I think I read that online. I think that this – I think this this was Chris O'Donnell being like, this is my movie star vehicle. This is my thing. Like I, it feels all I in. I feel differently. Okay. I think this movie was noted to death by idiots. It could be because both. It, because <laughs> there's the, – the, the thing about blank checks is generally the bad blank checks. Yeah. They generally suck – but they're one person's vision and they're pretty uniform all the way through. Mm-hmm. This is so disjointed. It does feel like it was noted to death by misogynistic idiots who think the, you know, the stallion exi- or the Mustang exists within all men for real and kept trying to force that on a man who is clearly not a Mustang in his head. Mm-hmm. Not only that, they yeah. put words in these women's mouths that women would never say. There's no way a woman gave notes on this, on this movie. I don't think a woman was invited until the day they needed a thousand. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, there's the that's whole the line of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we there's... did, if we did lines before the podcast, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. one. Yeah. Um, when he goes to see Daphne, who is Jennifer Esposito, his old cop girlfriend, mm-hmm. he used to love her. He says, you look great. Did you lose some weight or something? And she guy. says, 12 pounds. Can you tell? No woman would, would, oh. he, he would have been punched in the yeah. face, even if, the answer was yes. And then he puts a weight limit on when they're doing the criteria. He's like, yep. I don't know, 150 pounds. Like yeah. how that's even like legal, I don't know. Like it was obnoxious. But – It's crazy. I mean I think that – I'm just – I'm looking at the Chris O'Donnell sort of trajectory a little bit here and just thinking about like Batman Forever into the chamber, into In Love and War. Don't uh, – Where he plays oh, Sandra Bullock. With Sandra Bullock. With, uh, World War One. Yeah. Uh, then Cookie's Fortune, which we're also going to be doing yep. this year. So we're going to get another bite at the Chris O'Donnell apple. Um, I mean, that's a big cast. I mean, and then Vertical Limit. And Vertical Limit was a big, big bomb. And then he just kind of didn't really do much. He did the practice and then Grey's Anatomy and, you know. And, just, and Batman and Robin really hurt him, I think. Because, yeah. again, he's not that guy. Yeah. He's not that guy. No. It's, it's interesting. He's, you know, and then uh, – I don't know what the company is, but I guess it was a miniseries that he was in. And then, yeah, it, it, it's just interesting to sort of see. And I guess he played this character on NCIS. He did two episodes in 09 that led into, oh, I guess he must have done some backdoor episodes. Like spinoff? Yeah, because then uh, NCIS shows up that next year. God, that worked out well for him. Um, Perfect for him. Perfect. Can I talk about a couple of my favorite moments? Please. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Guys. Um, the beginning, they set up the whole thing. You know, all of a sudden he's going to all these weddings and one by one his friends, you know, fall victim to love. Um, But at (laughs) every – I know. But at every wedding there's the bouquet toss, which is like the kiss of death, right? And they show in the first wedding, um, they showed like a million single women going for it. And then the last one, of course, it's Renee Zellweger and a bunch of children because they're literally the only ones left. Okay, fine. (laughs) But, guys (laughs) – Jimmy in voiceover, I don't know if you caught this. He compares the bouquet toss to the Shirley Jackson short story, The, the Lottery. Lottery. Yep. Which I then went and reread because I hadn't read it in a very long time. It. I do my homework, okay? I appreciate it. I no longer feel badly that. for being two no. minutes late. Um, 
They stone a woman to death in that. That's what this movie movie, was. Well, that's what the lottery is about. Right. One person gets sacrificed every year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the sacrifice watching this. <laughs> you got stoned to death. Oh my God. I should have gotten stoned is yeah. what I should have done. Well, there's death. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But wait, hold on. There was another, <laughs> this is so dumb. Um, at one point uh, after like the botch proposal, the sisters are in um, their apartment and it's very much like the Dorothy and Bonnie Hunt relationship from it is. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire. Um, but Natalie is like doing like, you know, Jane Fonda workout and like 10 years too late. And, um, the sister Natalie and, uh, Marley Shelton, who is, um, Wendy, uh, what's w- her name? Wendy Fefferman? Yes. Yes. From the Sandlot. Um, she's watching Titanic. First of all, there is the most pathetic <laughs> Titanic Muzak playing in yeah. the background. Like it has like, Maybe the same type of flute, but like nothing. Like, I mean, it was hilarious. Um, but she's watching and she goes, what kind of dumb bitch lets a guy like Leonardo DiCaprio drown? She gets a great guy like that and just lets him slip through her fingers. Yeah. And Renee Zellweger's character says, he probably tossed her up on that piece of wood and said, you win. <laughs> I just thought, oh. I was like, I'm on board with that moment. That's pretty good, yeah. That's and it was kind good. of a throwaway thing, but no, I kind of... That was written by a professional. That's like the, uh, you know, that's the Matt Saracen thing I always bring up. You oh. know what I'm talking about? Wait, are we not about to blaspheme Matt Saracen? What? We're not like, okay. No, of course not. Oh, well, I'm just checking. Oh, of course not. So what? Go. When I'm Matt, really scared. When Matt Saracen is the artist in season four. Yes. And he's doing the apprenticeship and he does the whole like big mural yes. thing. Yeah. And the guy rips it up mm-hmm. and he shows him the hand and he goes, this doesn't make me want to throw up. Make the whole thing like this. Mm-hmm. That's that joke That's to me. Joke. Yeah. Yes. Like that joke doesn't make me want to throw up. Make the whole thing like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. A joke um, that, by the way, was probably said like thrown away off camera. Like I'm not even sure. 100%. I'm not even sure it was said like on camera. Yeah. Um, the moment that made me like violently ill. Mm. Yeah. So again, he, there's this parade of ex-girlfriends. He, he seeks them out. It's like, my name is Earl. You know, like, it's just like, he's got a list. And my name is exactly girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's you go. good. Better yep. title. There okay. you go. My name is girl. Um, and so it's like one by one. Fine. Um, he goes and he meets Stacy, an ex who works at the stock exchange. Oh, and yeah. this, that's so weird. This whole scene was Insane. hilarious in the sense that like, what is bonkers. And so, they have this stock exchange and it's literally people in different colored coats, flashing fingers. Like trading places a little yeah. bit. But just like – I'm, I'm like I'm watching it and I'm like this – how – the what? This isn't – they would never – this doesn't work. I don't understand. And I know the real stock exchange is a version of that. But like 3D printers, like I'll never be able to wrap my mind around it. Oh, I, I'm with you. A hundred percent. Anytime I see some depiction of the stock market where it's just people yeah. doing little signs yeah. in, in it's ridiculous in different color lab coats. Yes. I, I just like this yes. is how we used to sell shit. But that was not the offensive part. The offensive part. She so he like tells her the whole thing. He's very upfront with her. Like tells her the whole thing, and then something happens in in the world of stock, and she like jumps up and starts flashing fingers and screaming, right? And like working the world of stock. And <laughs> frozen he, oranges came in on yeah. came in a little low. Yeah, and he can't deal. He stands next to her. He reaches out. He puts his hand over her mouth and holds it there 
to shut her up. So not only is he stopping her from actually making a living in the moment, he is forcibly shutting her up. And the hand stays there for 12 seconds. Um, I went back and checked. And finally, he, like, needs an answer, right? And so she gives him the finger, but it's the ring finger, shows that she's engaged. His hand is still over her mouth during this. He does not let go. Like, the hand over the mouth thing was, like, it, I felt like it was, like, the, the like, yeah. ethos of, of this movie. Like, it was just kind of, like, yeah. we're going to put the hand over the mouth of anybody who has anything accurate or emotionally healthy to say. Like, how is that okay? You just you, – you physically cannot do that to a woman. Yeah, it's well, crazy. There's probably also I another level, level of – she's just like – she's his financial superior. She, That's interesting. So he is exerting some, some severe male privilege in that moment to someone he's probably very intimidated by. That's interesting. So I think there's something else going on there. He wasn't doing that to anyone else. No, but I mean, I think they thought it was funny. I think they thought it was cute. And the thing is, I don't know if I agree with the financial superiority because if she agreed, he would have more money than her in an instant. Oh, that's true. But But that's not – That's not the point. But she earned it. Oh, she worked – absolutely. She worked hard for her money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just could not. So, yeah – um, just to, to, to rewind real quick to the end of the movie when, um, oh, rewind to the end, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, when James Cromwell is, is conducting the ceremony from a loudspeaker inside a police car and it's being rocked like he's a beetle by an ocean of brides yeah, who seconds ago were not quite on board with this marriage. Yeah. Trying to be the person getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the crowd makes her way th- up to Jimmy. And Natalie yells at everybody to shut up. They hear her. She's the only one wearing black. Right. Mm -hmm. And convinces the other women to be happy and to let her have her day. Okay. Boys. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like that. (laughs) So here's this woman who has principles, who has a backbone. Who loves this guy but realizes who he is and walks away yeah. more than once. Then he's like, well, I proposed to everyone but kind of wanted to do it to you. And she's like, oh, honey, okay. And then she finds a dress and he orders a cake and there's a mob of brides. Fine. She gets to the – oh, my God. Ed Asner and Holbrook and Hal Holbrook hoist her up on their yeah. shoulders. They're in their 70s at this point. It's – Amazing. And there's a clear stunt woman in a bridal gown helping. Yes. Um, and then so they get her over to the fire escape. She climbs up and, you know, and then she's like, hey. Gives a speech. Well, the, the speech is the thing. She's like, hey, hey, guys. Um, so just FYI, I think I should be the one that marries him because he loves me. Is that okay? And can I can – we, can we just like kind of agree? Like this is my day, okay? And then there's so there's a sigh that ripples through the crowd, and they start cheering. Okay, yeah. no. And this woman, <laughs> this woman who had all of these actually like values and principles, it's not about it being her day. It's about him actually wanting to marry her. She would not ever say that. That 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 was the thing that I found the most surprising about the speech was how her voice, and I don't mean her literal voice, but the character's voice, drastically changed. That you had this oh, person yeah. who had, you know, 
a brain and a spine and autonomy, and individuality yeah. and agency. And then all of a sudden she puts on a wedding dress and she becomes just a ditzy bride that's just like, hey, girls, can I have my day? And it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. Also, I understand that it wasn't like the dress that she would have picked out for herself. You literally have like 6,000 <laughs> women there in bridal gowns. Yeah. You could have picked one. You could have yeah. picked a better one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. The movie is just, I mean, on top of it being just, you know, sweaty and the gymnastics of concept and all that sort of stuff, it, it then just at the end just just craters in on itself of just the absurdity of it, which I think is perhaps intentional, which is if we go so big and so crazy and so silly. She'll have no choice we'll but to say to, yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. But she could have said I yes in a different I way. Don't, I mean, no, this is your fault, Phil. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, we, you know what we didn't do, Kenny? Uh, we didn't. We, we could have done our uh, our top five favorite wedding movies. Um, which, so is that a movie about a wedding or a wedding contained in a movie? Wait, what? <laughs> so is it like the <laughs> wedding? Is it like the wedding singer, or is it like when uh, Harry met Sally, where there happens to be a wedding? I don't know that either of those. Like, I does the plot hinge? Singer, does the plot yes, hinge on yes, the wedding? Plot hinging on a wedding. Okay. I, I think my best friend's wedding is probably going to be the one for me. That's the one that comes to mind. Um, Father of the Bride is up there for me. What? Father Bride's yeah. really good. Muriel's wedding is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rachel getting married. Interesting. My best friend's wedding is definitely the first one that came to mind for me. But there's got to be a lot. Um, I mean, there's the wedding planner. There's, uh, I mean, I'm not picking it, but I'm just thinking. (laughs) There is, yeah. Um, There are a lot of wedding. Bridesmaids, obviously. Bridal wars um, or bride wars. I mean, I don't think The Hangover counts, but that's one, I guess. Um, Mm. Bridesmaids is definitely a wedding movie. Yeah. Yeah, that might be my number one. And I would put that very high. Mm -hmm. 27 Um, Dresses, which you mentioned earlier. Yes, 27 Dresses and a different podcast is Uh, a movie. Yeah. Mamma Mia? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's why mm. the it's it's very well. That's what Toby means. I think that's the wedding doesn't drive the plot. The wedding okay. is is the setting. Four weddings and a funeral. Yes, I don't. Lo- I don't love that movie. I don't love it because Andy McDowell hurts me. I have such <laughs> yeah. issue with her. She's yeah. She's she ruined Saint Elmo's Fire, and I have not forgiven her. She ruined Saint Elmo's Fire for you. She was in like <clears throat> one scene. Oh my god! Yeah, she's standing outside, and she's like, "Kirby, you'll freeze." Like, no. I no. love that she took the whole movie down in one scene. I, I just like I like Ugh. how tenuous for Toby a movie is. That also, Saint Elmo's Fire is not that great, but like there's a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues with that movie. That movie became increasingly harder to watch as I got older than yeah. the characters. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have the others. Song is really good. What oh, the whole soundtrack. Yeah. Wedding Crashers. Of course. There? I do not like that movie. Yeah, I'm not, not the biggest fan, but you know. What about the vow? <sighs> the vow. Uh, that's the vow, the one with Channing Tatum. Uh-huh. That's Adams. an amazing movie. That apartment is one of my movie. favorite cinematic apartments. Yeah. Really, I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of a movie like The Vow mm-hmm. or like Fifty First Dates. Sure, where people have to fall back in love, hundred percent, to see if they can do it again. Or you know, you, I mean, sometimes it's with like amnesia stuff. Sometimes it's with time travel. Sometimes yeah. it's with like a like a being there mm-hmm. type, not being there. Um, what's the Robert Downey Jr. movie? Chances are. Chances are. Like that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Of course, yeah. That's a movie. (laughs) Uh, I Love You, Man? Not for me. No. Really? I kind of like I Love You, Man. It's fine, but that's not – no. Sweet Home Alabama? Okay. I I mean I love that movie. I like that movie. Are weddings weddings great settings for a movie? 
Does, yes, because there's it's just a fodder for drama. Families come together. There are issues. Yeah, I mean it's just yeah. it's it's, a, it's opportunity it, opportunistic. It are there a lot of great movies set at weddings? I guess. I mean, I could name five that I think are very good, good if good not great. great movies. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean, I think that it to Toby's point, it is a fraught situation. Mm. So like, and there are stakes without it being like life or death. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. Uh, the Philadelphia story is another one. That's a, I mean, sort of a wedding movie. Sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's point is. Oh, forces of nature. Oh God. Yeah. We did that one. We are not. Without famous. me. Uh, why, was that I, movie? why wasn't I Do you here? love that movie? I don't, I wouldn't use the word love. I definitely don't shut it off when it's on TV. Here's what I'll say. Kenny really didn't like Forces of Nature. I didn't hate it as much as him. I take issue with it. I think you would hate it. You should rewatch it. it. That's my guess. Wait, I would hate you? Is that what you said? No, hate it. I think you'd hate the movie (laughs) or hate me. Uh, Here's the thing. I don't think it's a good movie. I think there are a lot of issues in it. But I also, for whatever reason, it's one of those movies that I know is not good that I can just buy into. I, I will say this, though. And this is sort of p- part of the function of this podcast, which I think is interesting, which is that the more we do it, it retroactively changes movies for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Love Stinks now being this nader of the podcast has moved movies up that I wouldn't have – like we talked about how Story of Us. I don't like Story of Us. When Harry left Sally? Yeah. yeah when Harry left Sally. Yeah. Um, Oh, that potential. That, we were talking potential, about we that. We talked about yeah. the potential. Like, the potential of it is why I hate it so much. But now, in comparison to Love Stinks, I'm like, well, it's a fucking masterpiece. Because well, Rob Reiner knows how to make a movie. It's a movie. That's it's a movie. Like, and, that, right. and I would say yeah. that to some extent about Forces of Nature, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's, San- a mo- it's a movie. It's cinematic. San- Sandra, yeah. I would watch well, her. I mean. Yeah. She's good in it. Ben Affleck's not They're really well, super. He's, he's, a, super he's a prop. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's a really, it's a really poorly written movie. It's not a. It's, um, it's no, not I'm a not going to disagree with that. Plotted but it's, movie. it's a well. I actually, as I mentioned on the episode, I like the way it's shot. I think that it does some interesting stuff. I like road movies like that. I think where it's interesting with like a clock on it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like there's, there's good stuff in it. Um, it was. It's, it's just it's, not a good movie. Not a good movie, it's, but, it's but like guilty. Meals, but if they fuck, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. It's just because, like, now I, I've got Steve Martin and John Candy in my head, and it's yeah, just, those know. aren't pillows. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, but I do think I don't know. Yeah, wedding movies. This is just a bad one. This is just a really, really it's bad, a bad one. movie. This is a bad movie. It's and and it, and it doesn't it doesn't do itself any favors in a, in a whole bunch of ways. Mm-hmm. We we in the you know in the in the hour whatever twenty minutes half hour that we've sat here, I do feel like uh, we've made a better movie. In very simple changes. I mean, in casting and in just, you know, tone and concept. Like bring a uterus within 20 miles. Yeah, that'd be cool. The the scene on the train that you were talking about, by the way, she's sitting there hysterically crying. Her She's puffy. She is a mess. And he looks at her. He goes, have you been crying? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's exactly. You are so out of touch with anything that has to do with women. That is the whole movie. Well, there's there's also something in that line of well, the audience might not know that she's been crying, so we need to highlight it when it's clear that she's been crying. It's it's just it's yeah. it's a movie. It's a it's there's a, a lot of hand holding. Yeah. Dumb movie made for dumb people. Yeah, um, which doesn't help. It's so infuriating. Yeah, 
so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I think it's bad. I think we, uh, should we rate this? Yeah. You want to rate it? Unless you, do you have other, you, do you have other things you? I'm flipping. Um, <laughs> I am going through. That's really funny. Notes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say this, um, I also don't completely understand how, so we're just led to believe that they beat the deadline just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. But also like it wasn't really for money in the end anyway. You want to read it? <laughs> you guys are forgetting that this entire movie starts off with a David Byrne version of Don't Fence yeah. Me In while wild stallions yeah. run on a green screen and bouquets are lassoed graphically. Like – there we there was no there was no hope. Did I write about that? <laughs> there was we didn't have we didn't yeah, stand we, a chance. No, we didn't stand a chance. You, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. You had seen it before, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, oh well, this is going to be this is obviously going to be bad. I didn't expect it to be this bad. I didn't expect it to be this offensive. Like I just expected it to be boring. Mm-hmm. But then it had a whole added layer of of misogyny and and um, tone deafness. I I expected the references. My God, I expected it to be stupid. It's hard to get to that visual that's on the calendar that's on the poster without it being a stupid movie. Yep. Um, and also bad. I I couldn't imagine this movie being good based on its title and based on that visual. But this was a whole different flavor of bad. (laughs) I think it was just bad. <laughs> there, there are I don't movies think that are not good that I still enjoy. Oh, this is not an enjoyable movie. Yeah, that's what I'm either. saying. Yes, 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 yes. This is not Forces of Nature, which I don't think is enjoyable, but for some people it is. This is not Trippin'. This isn't Trippin', which, which is we actually did great. Uh, uh, have you ever heard of Trippin'? No, I don't N- think so. Nobody's heard Who's of Trippin'. Who's in it? Donald Faison. That's basically, and he's a oh, he's a supporting. He's, he's lovely. Not, he's not believe he's great. Yeah, he's um, hardly in it. So I didn't see this movie in '99. You did. So I'm going to let so. you rate this first. Uh, rating for 99, mm-hmm. rating before the podcast, rating for after the podcast. So I was naive back then. Um, <laughs> I was 22, 23 when it came out. Sure. Um, I probably at the time would not – at the time I probably would have given it like a seven or eight because – Oh, wow. Out of yeah. 100? Oh, no, no, no. I thought it was 10. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) I probably given it a 70 or an 80. Yeah. Well, now that I know there's more to work with, I would say probably like a 70 is probably what I would have given it. Fair. I was like very much in like the hopeless romantic. Let me read Bridget Jones and Chiclet and this is lovely. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Now, Uh if I use the metric system, is there a lower number than zero? (laughs) Wow. Dude, give whatever number you want. <laughs> I mean, I think we've never given a zero just just for just for What's zero. the lowest you've given? Uh well we gave Love Stinks. I gave it an eight and I gave it a four. four. <laughs> so that's our lowest. I gave Chill Factor three, but I would I would bump that up to around a ten these days. I'm going to <laughs> give it a one because of the Titanic joke. Wow. Yeah. That's fair. Um so I didn't one see- is very low. One is very low. <laughs> um, I, uh, so I didn't see it in 99 before this podcast. I would have given it a 26 mm-hmm. after this podcast. I'm down to a 19. Wait, why do you have an opinion from before? If you didn't see it? No, no, no. Before, before the, the podcast. podcast. And then after the podcast, like, Oh, we're I doing a podcast. It, Sorry. I'm trying to sort of show. Whether yes. There was that the, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, whether there was a change, uh, I feel confident that you are unchanged, but I, 
I mean, listen, it started at 26. I'm down to a 19. Like, this yeah. is a fucking turd. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I just, it's, there is, <laughs> Love Stinks is the barometer now for like incompetence on a level that's sort of incomprehensible. This movie, for what it's worth, was still like, from a, from a below the line perspective, was at least like decent. Is this better or worse than Three to Tango? Worse. I think it's better. Um, I, now look, I didn't think this was a masterpiece. I gave it a very bad grade <laughs> in comparison to you guys. I like that this is like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. In comparison to you guys, it's going to sound like I think this is Citizen Kane, but I gave it a 35 before this podcast. Um, and I thought that that's what it was. I really thought it was about a 35, which is like, I'm never going to recommend that I'm never going to watch it again. Um, I don't like it, but like but I'm also thing. 35, I think basically means I'm never going to think about it again. Right. Like I would say, I don't know what would fall into that category for us that we've done for some reason. I think I gave it a positive grade, but like stir of echoes was like a movie that stir like, is better than this movie. it was like in the fifties. Like I, I did give it a better grade, but like something that just like kind of stir of echoes was good. Sure. This is the bad version, but this falls within the range of like, all right, I saw it. I hated it. Like I didn't sit there angry like I did in Love Stinks, for instance. Um, after the podcast, it's very hard. <laughs> Toby is fuming. Toby is radiating. Not at not at Kenny. No, not at you. It's not fair because that's that 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 under that undermines the, the no, premise no, I, of this I, podcast, I which is that the yeah. conversation can change my opinion, which it has. Yeah. And I I think what has gone from what I thought was fairly innocuous. Yes. Um, for its time is now a little more malignant than I thought. Yeah. And I'm going to go down to a 29, which is a very yeah, bad grade for me. My work is done here. Yes. <laughs> if you, if you get me into the twenties, yeah. you're talking about I'm the bicentennial man. It was, the whole thing was just such a waste. It was a waste of a borderline decent concept. concept. It was a waste of cast. an amazing cast. It was a waste of time. I'm most insulted by the concept personally. I don't think it's a good concept, yeah. but I truly believe I could write a screwball version of this that worked. Yeah. You, yes. I would have started with, uh, here are the rules and only an asshole would be interested in pursuing this based on these rules. And then I would have made him an asshole and they just didn't have the guts to make only asshole rules and then make Chris O'Donnell the kind of Matthew Perry asshole I think he needed to be. I also I think I could have gone with it. I also think they thought he was just being like a man when he actually was being borderline asshole. He was being a dick. Yeah. But not to the degree that you're talking about where it would have worked. I think he was written as more of an asshole than he was played. I don't think, I don't think he can do it. it. I, I agree. Yeah. And I like Chris. I really – I mean I, I – I think the concept is, is stupid. I was insulted by it, as I said earlier as well. But I, I, I stand by the fact that if this had been Matthew Perry, for instance, I think that this movie works a lot better than it does now. I, I, I think I would have had the same conceptual issues. I would have had the same misogyny issues, um, but it would have somehow become just watchable, quite honestly. Like he's just not watchable in this movie. Mm-hmm. You, you're not – You're not. it's not even about rooting for him. You're just like – not engaged. You just don't understand what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, in summary, um, there are plenty of movies that hinge on a financial 
uh, agreement yes. in the middle of like a love story. So like how many 80s movies are based on a bet that yeah, she yeah. then finds out about Every whatever. Every 80s movie. They work. Yeah. yeah. This They could have figured this yeah, out. 100%. It's, it's again. It's and there were like seven hundred writers. There's it's lazy. This it's is just also, lazy. This is the same premise as Arthur, which works. Yeah, you know, it's like the exact same premise as Arthur. Yeah. It's not that hard. But the the thing with Arthur, of course, is Dudley Moore is like a complete zilch at the beginning of that movie, and he turns into a man, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. Chris O'Donnell's not really a zilch. Doesn't really change. Is just kind of like. I mean, honestly, he just, doesn't change, and she changes backwards. Yeah. yeah. Remember she meets that, him at his low level. When yeah. Greta Gerwig was in that Arthur remake, remember that? Yeah, with Russell Brand. Weird. I didn't let myself watch that. Weird times. Yeah, no, yeah, Strange cool. days. <laughs> Strange days indeed. Well, thank you for being here. Oh my God. Thank you guys for yeah. having me back. back. We're going to do an episode with Toby at a future date about uh, celebrity weddings and divorces, which we were going to fold into this, but we figured it would be better to have more fun talking about that later. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, thank you for, for, for listening. Don't watch this movie. Don't, don't watch do this movie. it. Don't, don't, watch don't watch this don't movie. Watch those things. Like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You want a podcast like it. 1999. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.